No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. On No Gray Zone, we've spent a lot of time talking about human trafficking, most in the realm of sex trafficking. Today, we're going to explore labor trafficking, specifically child labor, and as it applies to the country of India. Current estimates have approximately 10 million children involved in child trafficking labor in India. We're going to talk to Center Direct, one of the non-government organizations or non-profit organizations in India working to help end trafficking and support victims of child labor trafficking and their families. I encourage everyone when you're looking to purchase items made overseas to make sure you're looking for the fair trade emblem on the package. This episode will include a voiceover in order to make it easier for some of our listeners to understand the conversation. The original conversation is available on No Gray Zone podcast. This voiceover is not intended to be a word-for-word translation, rather a voiceover to provide syntax and some American English to the conversation. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh, and this is the No Gray Zone podcast. Today, we welcome Shuresh Kumar, director of Center Direct, an organization that is working for empowerment of women, youth, and children in India. Shuresh is also a lawyer, author, and professional trainer on human trafficking for law enforcement and social workers. It is truly our honor to welcome you to No Gray Zone. Thank you, Catherine. Tress, I'm wondering if you could just kind of introduce for our audience Center Direct, what it does, how it came about, and what its main goals are. Yes, Yes, Center Direct uh, came into being 30 years ago. It came with the idea of empowering women, and we are celebrating International Women's Day month. So it came with the idea to empower them because women in India are still facing a lot of discrimination, and slowly we went in the direction of child protection. Now we have been working in both fields, women empowerment and child protection. Child protection with a major focus on ending child labor. Child labor, child trafficking is a huge problem in our country, especially in Bihar. So we started working for the children also. You mentioned that trafficking and child labor is a huge problem. How prevalent is this problem in India right now? The problem with this crime is that if you go by the data that we have, it is the common data, which was published in 2011. The census in India is due because of the pandemic and some other issues also. So the last data that we have is 1.1 million children in Bihar 
in child labor, and that's a huge number. This is obviously real. What the problem is, is if you go by this crime, there is also zero data which is available. There is a document that is made available, which is a document made public every year by the government of India. It captures the lowest number of people that have cases only. See, the problem with this crime is it is a hidden crime, and our data only captures those figures which are rescued. We never know that if we rescue 2,000 children in a year, out of how many children are victim of human trafficking. So that's the problem. So the actual number is huge, but we have just the rescued number. Absolutely. We deal with the exact same statistics in the United States where our numbers are based on those who have been rescued or those who self-report to an organization for assistance. And I know that Center Direct actually does quite a bit of assistance for women and children who are caught up in trafficking. So what are some of the programs that Center Direct has in place for victims of trafficking? We have been doing, we have been helping in the lives of over 700 child traffic survivors. Currently, see the problem with the children is that if you just rescue them, that's not the end of the problem. That, in fact, is the starting of the problem. So what do we do? We make sure that after rescue, we make sure a complaint, first information report, filed with the police is registered with the right census. You see, human trafficking in India is defined quite lately, since 2013. Before that, this crime was not codified in India. So even though it was happening, the perpetrators were doing it and getting away with it without being prosecuted for it. So what we did, we made sure that the right sections figure in the first information report, and then we provide support to the children to stay with their families, and we protect them from the traffickers to prevent their re-trafficking. What happens is the children are working at the factory. After months, they become the skilled ones. Their fingers start working very well. So what happens is upon rescue, the traffickers, as they were doing it with impunity, they target the same set of children, and they keep a watch on the whole transportation system. From the destination to the Sash Bihar is considered one of the poorest states in India. But children are trafficked and end up in different states, which are regrettably better off. So what do we do? We work very closely with and we increase police coordination. See, the problem, although children trafficking is a demand problem, purely a demand problem, but the traffickers target the most vulnerable children, and their parents cannot fight back. So what we do is we arrange police committee response. These people go to the police station and meet the police child welfare officer, designated under the Goa's Act of India. Then go to the communities in India where incidents of child trafficking are very high, and that's how we build a connection between police and community. The child traffickers continue, because what happens, the surviving people, even though it is desired, don't go to the police, because they are scared of them. So we are also bridging the gap 
So when they are feeling like they can file charges with the police, they can. And apart from that, we are also working at the ground level, activating child protection committees. One of the forward committees, the Child Welfare Committee, is mandated by the government of India to protect children. Committee people are made up of local people, a chairperson, and four other members, one of which is a woman and another an expert on child matters, are part of this committee. And this committee sits 20 days a month and they work and identify child protection issues and they should also be made from place to place and they just work on it and try to make the situation child friendly so this is our approach apart from it because you see what happens with the children for the majority their major formative years are stolen I mean, if a traffic child is taken at the age of 8 or 9, is rescued at the age of 13, their major years, the formative years to learn something, to acquire an education is lost. And Catherine, it becomes very difficult at the age of 13 for people to get them involved back with school and expect from them to pick up studies from scratch. So what happens is they don't stay in school. So what happens is we have people help teach courses for them. We help them to be prepared for the functional knowledge that is necessary to pick up age-specific classes, and we support them. And that is how we have achieved huge success. About 60% of children are going to schools and studies. Some of them are studying at a boarding school, and they have been doing very well. Some of them have been happy with the secondary, and some of them have been happier with higher than secondary, with good results. So school is a success. Moving on, we also help their parents. As I told you, this is a demand problem. They target the most vulnerable families, so their income is low. So what do we do? We help them and their parents to start migrant visas to increase their income. And apart from this, we have been building an environment to promote child protection. I mean, we have been providing literacy training to the survivors. Our survivors have made a survivors collective in India with over 300 members, and they have been sitting monthly in their local area. I mean, they are spread across the states. So in a pocket, they decide themselves. And they start knocking over schemes, and they start knocking over trafficking persons, and they are also championing, as I told you. Our constitution describes this crime as a serious offense in India ever since the constitution was made, almost 70 years ago. And now, we still don't have a comprehensive law because our survivors and victims need comprehensive support. Everything in the timeline matters. If it doesn't happen, there is no point. We are also failing in our composition. The system is failing our children in composition, so we work on that to make sure that they can access their entitlements on time. They are also working on trafficking in persons B. They are doing an analysis to have a comprehensive law that can support them to fight against human trafficking in this country. And they are looking at everything they can get in a time-bound fashion upon rescue, right. because what happens, it involves two states, 
three state. You belong to Behar. You are rescued in Maharashtra or Delhi or some other parts of the country. And then upon rescue, you are languished in there. They don't know when you might be transferred back to your home state. It takes months. It takes sometimes years. And in the compensation, who will fight the legal battle for you at all? So this talks about this, and our survivors are also doing advocacy in the court. They are asking for a bill to be passed so that no one can fall victim to this oppressive crime. And if they fall, they can come out of it. So this is the support we are providing at the legal level, the committee level, the family level, and at the organization level. And those that are families that are waiting, we are supporting and we are helping them get skills and gainful employment. Absolutely. Center Direct is providing a holistic approach for survivors and their families from education for our the young people who were taken out of schooling, for financial support and job training for their parents so they're not as vulnerable as they were before. I love that you are having your survivors get a voice in the community and be part of these committees and work for changes throughout India and actually work on the laws as well because... You're right. Unless we codify changes and unless we educate the community around us, we can't stop trafficking. You mentioned two really important parts, and it's something that we see everywhere around the world when it comes to trafficking. And it is based on demand and then based on vulnerabilities. Traffickers will exploit vulnerabilities in order to traffic individuals. Right. When it comes to India, what is something that the international community can be doing to help reduce child labor trafficking? Yes, they can do a lot. See, the major rescue in, in children is not the rescue. The problem arises upon rescue. And there are huge numbers of child laborers. They can be rescued. And they need to be supported upon rescue. How can we fund their education is something because this year our students are going to pay for their highest secondary exam. And mind you, we have been working for years. The kind of background they come from, as you told the trafficker exploited their vulnerability, their situation. We originally encountered a lot of troubles in helping them to acquire this education right up to secondary or higher secondary. But this year, we are hitting this milestone. Ten of our students are going to have year, and we somehow managed funds, and we funded their education. So they are getting an education. What happens is, because of their learning loss, what the world is talking about when the COVID struck the whole world, it's a very common term. But the same thing I have talked about, Catherine, this learning loss of child laborer is fresh, not of two years. They face five to seven years. And after learning loss, when they come back to their family, the family and the child need support. So the center committee came forward with the idea or the willingness of funding their education. This can make a huge difference. Because once you fund it, 
and a survivor becomes educated, they can battle forward because they have the lived experience. They are an example of what is happening around the world. Their voices are not heard, not captured really. So we are also trying to build a movement where the survivor can come forward and leave there by themselves. And for this, we are investing in education, and this will make a huge difference. Education is a key component, and I agree with you that it's something the international community can certainly all help to do. What is something that you would like to see in India's communities and in their individual states that can help reduce the risk of child trafficking in their own backyard within their state? Right. So right. So I told you in the beginning, there are parts and sections that I have mentioned in my book that are parts or sections that the traffickers target, and they are at the bottom in this state in Bihar, in India. And so we work with them. We can empower with our ideas and with our possibilities and with options to earn their livelihoods. If they can rise and say that, no, our children will not go to work. They will go to school. Not to work, to school. This will make a huge difference because they are not realizing it, that they are the targets and that their children are taken. And when they are taken from our schools and their community, they are losing one of their precious rights, of a right to an education. And I also tell it, the moment that a child leaves a school, the child becomes vulnerable to be trafficked. So school also works as an action. It holds the child in the community. So if we do two things, one, empowering this community who are the targets for the traffickers, and second, we invest in education and end the main issue of child trafficking. Absolutely. But the center also works on establishing gender equality and not just child labor trafficking. What are some of the programs that Center Direct has in place with regard to women's rights and gender equality? I'll tell you, Catherine, that you might be surprised to see that 80% of our employees are women. That's wonderful. Today is a good day to talk about it. And we make sure that this is how we practice gender equality with every place in the community because you work in a village and the women in a near village cannot work for all eight hours. So they work for four hours so that they are our strength in the community and we give priority to them that they deserve. This is an opening, a part-time opening in the community level, at the village level. Let women come forward and join it. We have been running a Women Development Corporation, and surprisingly, there are over 500 members, women members, and they are leading the company, and they have been doing very well, and they are supporting the women around them. And so we make sure that at no place there should be discrimination at any stage, especially at the gender level. This is the philosophy of which we have been working, this philosophy of gender rights to empower women and make them feel that they are no less than any at every opportunity, we don't let go any opportunity like women's equality, 
like we observed International Women's Day, but we also practice this day. This to help women understand that they are equally powerful and they need to come forward. They need to pursue education. They need to also fight. They need to fight to make their space, and they have been doing very well. Our president is a woman. She has worked with us from committee level to project manager, and now she is leading this organization. So we also encourage women to make progress. That's wonderful. What are some of the future plans for Center Direct? What are some of the new programs you want to put in place? We have decided to work with adolescent girls and boys to provide them skills because they are lost. They need to be given the right kinds of skills so that they can be productive working force of this country so they can gain good jobs, gainful employment, and they can do better. So we are going to work on this section with laser focus sector with a major focus. Now, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier in one of your answers, and that's your book. You've authored the book, Child Trafficking, The Fight for Freedom. And throughout your book, you discuss trafficking and especially labor trafficking throughout India. Why did you decide to write the book? Yes. yes, Catherine. Catherine. See, the See, problem, the problem is, this. is this. Child trafficking child and child, child marriage, marriage. And violence, and violence by, by intimate partners, partners to, to some extent, extent or to a great extent. If, if a, a child works, works so many people say, if a child's parents allow them to work, who are you to stop them? And law enforcement and, law enforcement and business are also part of the community, from us. So they are also doomed to believe like that and behave like that. If a child is working, there is no crime. And the child themselves is working. Their parents are supporting. Community people are supporting. And law enforcement and businesses are also supporting to some extent. I mean, if they are not taking any action, that means they are supporting. And why does it happen? Because we have given them social cover. We approve them. Let the child work. Same thing applies in child marriage. Their parents are willing to get their children married before they reach the legal age. Community people also support. When the community people support, their parents support. Law enforcement sees, despite knowing this is illegal, they don't go to stop it, right? Unless they are made to be with the support of NGOs. Third, why intimate partners Something goes under the name of this is very much personal with wives and husbands, so other people should not interfere with it. So this is the first fight. When you decide to fight human trafficking, this is the first fight. And then what happens? There is inertia around it, around these three crimes. We are talking about child trafficking when the child traffickers do it with impunity. They commit crime and get away with it. Upon rescue, the same traffickers re-traffic the rescued children. So we had to prevent the re-traffic. And this, we had the help of multiple agencies since watching all of this. I see that this is really a kind of fight. So I started documenting everything that I was doing. I was seeing around me. That's how I ended up with the publication of this book. And really, this is a very good book. 
I am the author, but this is a very good book. Everything we captured, like everything we have been doing, facing trouble, our children are undergoing all problems. Their parents were going. What I did, Catherine, I just captured it. You brought those real-life stories of trafficked individuals to the book so that people in India and beyond can read what's going on there and have a better understanding. Because as you said, if people aren't stepping up to stop it, the traffickers do get to work with impunity and it does get to continue. And the problem just continues to kind of roll down that hill, getting bigger and bigger. And, And I know throughout your book, you actually talk about several of the survivors, obviously not using real names or anything like that, but what they have experienced and what they have gone through in order to highlight how real it is. Was this something you did with survivors input? Did they know you were doing this book? Yes, 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 with the prior permission. And I just worked for two years. So every time I made a call, I had a meeting with them. I told them that I'm writing a book and they are really happy. And, and I just want to highlight for a second that your book is not your first time that you've been writing. You've been writing articles uh, highlighting trafficking and inequality for Times of India and other publications for years in order to bring attention to these trafficking issues in India. And, and I thank you for taking the two years uh, to put the book together. Yeah, I've been doing it. So... We have the book and I'm going to have the link in the podcast notes. So anybody who is interested can go and directly purchase the book there. Throughout the book, you talk about the problems and potential solutions, but how can just a regular person right now support the work of Center Direct? They can be because this is a movement. You know, we are not targeting one child or a hundred children. So we are going to build a movement and we are also helping other people, normal people to understand and see that child trafficking is not happening in the heaven or in hell. It is happening among us. In one way or another, we are supporting it. Like I told you earlier, Like child trafficking is going on in the name of that, the child belongs to a very poor family. Let them work and a crime is being committed. And we are watching it without it being realized. And this can be stopped. So I can also ask the committee to identify around you who are the victims of child trafficking and are you supporting them in one way or another. You need to apply the human trafficking lens to see that these are the victims of human trafficking. See, many children are engaged in producing products, and we are using those products. We need to boycott these products where children are used and childhoods are exploited to produce these products. Everyone in the community can support us in our efforts because Catherine, If you have gone through my book, you might have read about it when one of the child traffickers was handed down life in prison in a labor trafficking case. 
that happened first time in this country, and we are expecting many more convictions in order to stop the demand. Again, I repeat that child trafficking is a purely, purely demand problem, which runs on the small fingers. And that's why, apart from all this multi-pronged approach, we are also improving and working very seriously on to make sure every trafficker gets punished and that every survivor gets full opportunity to grow in their life and the third is don't talk about anything without them. Nothing is without them. It's fully with their participation, whatever we design at our organization. We design with their input so that they can also feel that they are a part of this movement. Some of them are really living the fight and together we can make a huge difference. Absolutely. And that huge difference, as you said, cannot be made without listening to survivors' voices. Right. But that is all the time we have for today. We encourage everyone to check out Center Direct at centerdirectind.org, and we'll have that link directly in the podcast notes. And please follow Shuresh on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Shuresh Kumar. And we'll have the links to all of those social media as well in the podcast notes, as well as the link to the book, Child Trafficking, The Fight for Freedom. Shuresh, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today especially with the time change between here and India, but taking the time to share your message. But before we sign off, I'm going to turn the mic over to you one last time for any final thoughts you might have. Yes. Yes. Final My final thoughts are, thoughts are just, just to just come to forward, forward and support children. And support children. A huge number of children number are of children being exploited. They're exploited by by traffickers, but they are exploited for the end users. And we need to identify that and we should actively try not to consume it so that we can send out a strong message that the children deserve equal opportunities to grow, to make the world a better place, no matter where they come from. A very, very poor family, still they deserve opportunities. Opportunities. Please give them this. Please give them Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you again for joining us. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. And you can find us on social media at No Gray Zone RRC on Instagram and Twitter and No Gray Zone on Facebook. There are no excuses when it comes to child trafficking or not having the right response when it comes to being part of the solution to give children an opportunity.